0: Well welcome to Martial Next Martial Arts. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, aliens, Martians, any conscious being tuning into the podcast. I welcome you to episode thirteen of Martian Mixed Martial Arts. This week, I have a guest from uh, my trusty source of Reddit's uh, r/MMA, where uh, I asked uh, the, the entire forum if anybody wanted to be on my podcast this week. To which uh, only uh, only one man replied. So he is the chosen one. He uh, he is uh, with me t- this week. His name's Andy. Say what What's up, man? Yo,
1: yo, yo.
0: Good, good to have you on, man. Uh, we're this is the second take that we're doing to this, cause like an asshole, I <laughs> wasn't recording your voice for the past two minutes. But I digress. I got it set up now. And uh, we're gonna jump right back into talking about UFC two twenty two, which happened uh, around two weeks ago. So, uh, what what were your thoughts about the pay per view as a whole?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, I thought there were certain fights that were super exciting that I was excited for individual fights. Uh, as a whole, it wasn't my favorite pay per view. Uh, it wasn't. Um, yeah, I wouldn't rank it as the most exciting package deal, personally.
0: No, for sure. Uh, I think uh, the fact that they, they scrapped that main event together uh, last second, you know, uh, when they have a title fight fall out, they, they kind of feel they have to replace it with another title fight, even though this it's not a legitimate title matchup. You know, this girl has no qualifications to fight mm-hmm. for a UFC belt. Yeah, first and, fight in uh, the UFC. Yeah, it's kind of kind of pathetic. So I mean, how good can the card have been with that as the headliner? But I agree with what you said. There were a couple individual uh, individual. F- I didn't think there were that many good good back and forth fights, but a lot of good performances. You know, a lot of young stars performed well. Uh, you know, uh, from uh, Mackenzie Dern, Sean O'Malley, Brian Ortega. Mm-hmm. Those are all three very bright spots for the UFC. Um, and uh, we saw that the, the pay-per-view numbers were, uh, were a little bit better than we expected, uh, coming in at 260,000, 260, which uh, it was a shock to me. I mean, we've seen Demetrius Johnson sell 100,000 buys five times. We've seen TJ Dillashaw. We've seen all these guys, uh, Daniel Cormier, Luke Rockhold. All these people are selling less than Cyborg. And, I mean, they literally just threw a can uh, in front of her and let her beat her up. But I guess I guess there's actually a little bit of an audience for
1: that, surprisingly. Surprisingly. I think uh, similar to... People talk about Mike Tyson when he was at his peak of his reign, that people would tune into his fights just to see maybe this is the guy that takes Tyson out. Maybe this is the guy that takes Tyson out. So I think Steinberg is starting to have that similar type of appeal where like she can't be invincible, really? So we tune in every time and he's proving us wrong.
0: Yeah, but I think I think what uh you know, half of that was people wanted to see Tyson lose, but half of them wanted to see Tyson like fucking maul somebody, you right. know, just right. throw in some like some, you know, like a, a, a mice in like a snake tank, you know, you know how you you kind of don't want to watch, but it's kind of like just just uh, exciting enough to to watch and th- that this kind of felt like that. I mean, cr- Chris Seiberg put the beat down on that girl.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Could have been,
0: wor- been worse. Could have been worse. Could have been Valentina Shevchenko beating up, uh, C- Cachoeira a couple months ago. That's that right, was way that's worse.
1: Right. That was that was one of the fights I've watched through my hands. You know, can't believe it. Yeah. But, uh... Well, I
0: I bet on I bet on uh, Shevchenko round three in that one, so I thought it was an early stoppage personally, but uh, that's mm-hmm. beside the point. Uh, I'm just kidding, but uh, we'll start at the bottom bottom of this card and see if there was any uh, any interesting fights. Uh, unfortunately, I uh, I was watching a couple of my buddies. I had three friends fighting uh, amateur Muay Thai th- this night, so I missed nice. the first like seven seven or eight fights of this card. Uh, I tuned in on my phone for uh, one fight, I believe, but I actually missed a good a good amount of them. So uh, I might be relying on your opinion on some of them. Uh, anything you want to talk about it with? Uh, Jordan Johnson versus Adam Milstead because uh, I don't think that one's too exciting, right?
1: No, man, you're shit out of luck if you're dependent on me because uh, I was in a similar situation I was playing a concert that night so I tuned nice, in nice. I tuned to uh, Sean O'Malley's I saw the end of Dern's fight uh, and then I started really getting going with uh, young Sean O'Malley
0: Oh, so so well, but Dern was prelim, so did you see the Vieira and Zingano fight?
1: No, no, I saw I got to Oh, I did actually. This Zengano fight, I forgot about that one.
0: That was the, a stinker, uh, I think, right?
1: Yeah. That, I couldn't believe how sloppy her striking was. Cats and Ganos.
0: Um, uh, yeah, it, I, th- I think that's a very common problem with women. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I unfortunately it
1: Unfortunately, it's just well, I think it's like a it's it's many things, but it's partly uh, it's a newer sport for them and they don't have a legacy of trainers and coaches and etc cetera, etc cetera, but
0: yeah uh, there might be just a little bit of reluctancy to hear that they're doing anything wrong too you know that's a problem I don't think that's uh, necessarily a problem with women. I mean, uh, men fighters have that problem too. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard this story by Kevin Ross, the uh, Muay Thai fighter. He told it on Joe Rogan's podcast that uh, Rich Frank- Franklin flew him in for a camp a couple years back, uh, and then he was you know watching him hit pads. He's like, no, dude, your your kicks are you're doing. You need to do this instead. Your knees, this. He's like, oh, you're pulling back your cross. And he and Rich Franklin didn't want to hear any of it. Like mm-hmm. he he flew. This, this striking specialist and when he started critiquing him he didn't he literally paid no attention didn't change anything so yeah, that's um, a great yeah
1: it's a great way to never improve
0: mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot of people uh, a lot of people like that we're kind of jumping all around this card <laughs> a little bit but when the, with the word improve I gotta talk about Andre Arlovsky because oh,
1: yeah.
0: this guy is this guy is something man uh, he comes back to the UFC knocks three people out in a row Did he? no he didn't knock them out he, he beat Shaw by uh, bull, a yeah. bullshit decision then um let me see who he beat after that scrolling through he uh knocked out uh knocked out Bigfoot not impressive knocked out Brown uh, had a boring decision over Frank Mir and then ended up dropping five in a row losing mm. to Stipe Alistair uh Barnett Nganu and Tibura. four of them by stoppage uh I mean, I thought he was well on his way to being done. I couldn't believe the fact that the UFC gave him uh, a sixth fight after losing five in a row. Um, but he came out in that fight against Junior Albini looking like a new man, looking like uh, his striking was improved. He didn't want to brawl. He didn't want to engage in a dangerous fight. He wanted to stick to what he knew, and he wanted to you know sm- fight smart, and he won a decision. Um now he's fighting Stefan Struve, a little bit better of a competitor than uh, Junior Albini, but this time he adds even more tools to his game. It was mostly just stri- mostly just uh, boxing in the the Albini fight, if I remember correctly. But this fight, he was uh, in using inside leg kicks, and he landed more takedowns in this one fight than he did in his entire UFC career. So
1: yeah, yeah, that's my favorite statistic that they threw out. That's just a that's ridiculous.
0: It was, yeah, four in one fight, and he landed three, <laughs> three in his past, you know, yeah. 15, which is it's just insane. Um, but Andre Oloski has, has pretty much never improved. He's been the same guy for a decade, 12 years, yeah. 15 years in a row, and uh, all of a sudden he's adding new tools to his game, which is uh, a, a bright spot from the the ever-darkening Jackson Wink camp. Um, <laughs> but, uh... Insane. Struve didn't look like he had shit. He looked like uh, he didn't even show up, but still, yeah, he looked still impressive. Um, looked other rough, fights.
1: but uh, other fights on that card. Yeah, Sean O'Malley. Is that correct? Or that was.
0: Yeah, that was the ne- That was the next one. This one was, uh, in, it, also impressive and insane for a lot of reasons. Um, so O'Malley his first two fights I thought he looked pretty sloppy I don't know about you did you see his two uh, contender series fights I
1: did I did yeah, yeah I thought he looked um wild yeah certainly sloppy yeah. like a young man trying things
0: yeah and he kind of looked like a yeah like a button masher on a video game just kind of like a UFC character just you know throwing spin in throwing this throwing this and then he would get tired but somehow he fought two cans uh, and well, actually, Terran Terran Ware is not a can. He's actually pretty good, but um, the first gentleman he fought in the contender series was not too good. Uh, so then he comes out this fight with his striking looking like mile leaps and bounds better.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, way more composed, way more you know, way better defense. And uh, I thought Sukumtai was gonna win this one, but uh, O'Malley ended up winning a decision. But try try to explain what happened in the third round.
1: Right, right. This has been the talk of the town, I guess, certainly regarding Sean O'Malley. Sean throws, I believe it was he was a question mark or something, where he barely injures his foot, ankle, shin area. And he can't stand up. He's literally bouncing on one foot, standing up, trying to box Andre. And Andre does the lowest fight IQ decision you can make and takes him down. Repeatedly, uh, most people greatly questioning Andre and saying, "You know, you could have just <laughs> Sean couldn't stand up at that point. He was so injured. So why didn't you just back against back back away and uh, and the fight would be won for Andre at that point? But that's not what he did. Yep, he
0: could have. I mean, he could have eliminated the fact that he was getting his ass beat for the first thirteen <laughs> minutes of the fight." He could have gotten his win bonus. He could have, uh, you know... He said he allegedly flew 300 friends and family to this fight in <sighs> Vegas. Could have sent them all home happy. But instead, he decides to take him down for the remaining 90 seconds, two minutes of the round. And, um... Uh, a sight to see, by all means. Uh, O'Malley was on the ground wincing in pain. And all the doctors, you know, were... Uh, caring to him while mm-hmm. the ref is standing with Sukum Tot and they're announcing the decision they say it's they say it's uh what, what is that? What is that? A cat? <laughs> it's a wild animal.
1: Yeah. Well, let me get it out of here. Alright, go ahead.
0: No, was it a cat? yeah. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought it was actually like a wild um uh what was this uh O'Malley's uh, on the ground yeah he's on yeah, the ground
1: but- Andre's standing up with the, the uh, Judges and ref
0: oh yeah that's right and uh, and the ref goes or the, the yeah the ref goes to raise tot's hand and then Buffer announces O'Malley in the most in the most bizarre series of events that as one of the most bizarre things that ever happened in the UFC from him not not, you know, walking away and winning by TKO to, you know, Sean not being able to walk and somehow he won the fight. Um, very, yeah. very yeah. interesting. I
1: mean, the winner of that fight was carried out on a stretcher that night. But, uh, yep. So, but it's the, sec-
0: also- the second time, the second time that <laughs> happened, remember?
1: Right, right. The uh, CB Dalloway fight was a blow after the bell, also came on that fight card.
0: So, yes, yeah, so um we can uh, after uh, last thought about the uh, Sukum is the thing. Uh he has since deleted his Instagram because he's claiming that the haters are too bad for him. Uh I don't give a fuck. Fuck that guy. I commented on his Instagram and told him he's the stupidest fighter in the UFC. <laughs> uh he, after after round 2, he was 12 to 1 odds, which just doesn't make sense for a male a male fight, you know, cuz it can definitely end at any time.
1: So, here's so, qu- so the question, sorry, continue.
0: Your point, and I'll ask it. Yeah. So I bet one dollar on, on him in between the rounds, and would have would have turned one into twelve if this man would have walked away. So I'm really salty about that one dollar. I had friends who were, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars deep on Sukumta too. So I mean, that that that's just that guy's just uh, an idiot. Uh, what were you gonna say?
1: Yeah. The question is. Is Andre really that stupid? Is his fight IQ that low, or the other argument that people are saying is he got rocked so bad in the first and second rounds by Sean O'Malley that uh, that he was just completely out of it?
0: Yeah, I, I actually I don't think it I don't think it was that because uh, I saw a uh, something on Sure Dog and it was uh, an analysis before the fight and it said Sukum tot like, attempts takedowns at the wrong times and almost Mm. handicaps handicaps himself uh, from winning the fight. And then some writer said, hmm, if only somebody could have predicted this, and it was probably the guy who wrote it, you know. (laughs) But he saw it. He saw it coming a
1: mile away. I didn't think it could be that bad, though. You go. And the last fact about Sean O'Malley... Uh, he's the only fighter that's currently in the USC spotlight that is representing my beautiful home state of Montana. So we're proud Sean.
0: Interesting. Elvis. I did I did not know that. Doesn't doesn't act like a kid from Montana. He acts like he's from Hollywood. Uh, I like it, right? Now,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got the, he's, he's
1: got the shine on him right now.
0: Oh yeah, he said he's just he's just having somebody said he's just having fun, you know, like like uh Ariel said like I interview, you know, every fighter at media days and you know, almost every single one of them is miserable, they're cutting weight, they're yeah, they already did 10, 12 interviews this camp. They kind of just want to, you know, weigh in and fight. And he said O'Malley is like one of the only guys who uh, who's been happy to be there and like, you know, which is good to see. I mean, you should be happy. I mean, you're you're fighting for a living. Who cares if you're a little bit dehydrated, uh, right. you know you get to, you still get to go out there on Saturday night and do the best job in the world. Exactly. So uh, I, I, changed opinion big time on O'Malley. I thought his striking was uh, was bullshit and everything about him was kind of silly. But uh, now, I mean, he's still kind of silly. But uh, I, I, I would definitely respect him now.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'll be, I'll be watching. I'll be watching Sean O'Malley.
0: But uh, let's talk about that other fight where the winner was carried out on a stretcher. Uh, this time via DQ, from when uh, Hector Lombard landed uh, a combination, really, after the bell. Uh, what did you think about this DQ? Yeah,
1: I don't know. Uh, I read a lot of different things, and it seemed like after every opinion I read, my, I would flip-flop saying DQ was too harsh or DQ was the right move but uh i believe it was hector lombard himself that said you know the ref's job it's not the fighter's job to stop when the bell rings it's the ref's job to get in between them to make it clear the fight is over et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. so i don't know i think uh i think in the heat of the moment it's incredibly difficult to judge something like that but what do i know
0: yeah it is definitely hard to judge but then uh uh, I think somebody brought up this topic of having a second referee just outside of the cage you know they already have Mark Ratner the VIP of regulatory affairs uh, ready for it to explain any controversial decision why not just have an official uh, member of the athletic commission to say hey you know what'd you think there and then so my opinion was if you saw if you saw the 10 second clip not just the the bell rung uh Hector Lombard throws an exact same—I don't know if it was cross hook or hook cross combination—like five seconds before he throws this one. So he uh, Mark, or Dolly throws a kick. He catches it and then he he misses with his uh, hook cross or whatever. And then he Dolly throws the same exact kick, and then the bell rings, and then he lands that hook cross. Um, you know, I don't I don't think it should be a knockout win for. Uh, Lombard, like some people were saying. Right. Um, actually, the, the, Span- the I don't know if you saw this, but the Spanish broadcast for, which uh, was, was like Chito, Chito Vera, Fabrizio Verduum, and somebody else, they were saying that Lombard should have won. I don't think he should have won, but I definitely think it should have been a no contest. And right. I think that a DQ D- for H- D- Holloway is straight up wrong. Uh, but, you know, referees, referee mistakes are extremely, extremely common nowadays
1: certainly true certainly true
0: um we so saw Zach Otto pretty much just smashed Mike Pyle everybody and their mom could have predicted that um Stammen and caraway like I said didn't watch this fight but I heard that uh, Car- uh Stammen stuffed like 19 takedowns of carays or something like that so that's pretty impressive he ended up winning that decision. Uh, Dotson and Munoz. I watched this. I was watching this fight on my phone, um, so I didn't really get an excellent sense of it. But it didn't seem like uh, anything happened. I, I know I know that for sure. There was nothing significant in this fight. Um, John Dotson posted a highlight on his Instagram, and it was literally like nothing. Like he landed a few punches, a few leg kicks. Like come on, uh, really bad fight, uh, and Dotson won a dis- uh, decision. Um, split decision uh there are five split decisions on this card and um, good old Adelaide bird uh, the same uh, woman who had the the what was it uh, G nine G canelo. Ra- canelo. no ten, ten rounds bench. to two for canelo yeah um so yeah. she scored this sh- she scored this uh three rounds to zero for Dodson which is flat out wrong uh, not 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 much to say there but um Next fight, we had a, a huge upset. Uh, uh, LFA uh, local lightweight Alexander Hernandez stepped in on about two to three weeks notice for an injured Bobby Green and uh, knocked out Benil Darush in a minute. Um, did you, you you saw this knockout, right? It pretty impressive. No, no, I missed um, this
1: fight actually.
0: Well, did you, did you, you saw the highlight,
1: right? No,
0: uh, really yeah you know it, i think i did i don't i don't it doesn't re- it doesn't stick out in my memory though i remember it was just like a flat line punch though but uh an interesting thing what happened in this fight i don't i doubt you saw this either but uh it looked like uh hernandez was running up to daryush and he faked a glove touch and then he threw a a oh, to yeah, the body. yeah 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 i
1: remember that controversy st-
0: yeah but um so he was like I, I don't know I don't know what you're talking about like Dariush and I touched gloves and like agreed uh, not to touch I was running out there with my hands up and I threw a kick like like you know the McGregor did the same thing when he fought mm-hmm. Brand out you know he was sticking his hand out judging the distance judging the distance it looked like he was about to touch gloves and then he kicked him but it's not it wasn't a it wasn't a dirty move in my mind no um, no, no I agree but uh shouts out to that guy for you know uh, seizing the opportunity, and, uh, beating like a top fifteen lightweight, uh, that um, I imagine he's probably gonna struggle with the competition he's gonna face now though. Um, next fight: Mackenzie Dern and Ashley Yoder didn't didn't see this one, and I just tried searching like on the internet for it and all of like the. Even the illegal streaming websites, like, uh, didn't have this video. So the UFC's copyright team must be working pretty hard in this one. Uh, I heard it was a pretty uh, ugly fight for Dern. Um, She got dropped in it, and she, uh, you know, won... One round clearly, the first round lost. The second round clearly, and then uh, I think uh, uh, not a lucky takedown, but a desperate takedown mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. third, kind of submitted the the third round for her. So uh, I don't know. I think. Uh, do you think it was too early for Mackenzie Dern to
1: enter the UFC? I think this is she's four zero, right? Yeah, no, she's five zero. She's certainly ambitious. You can tell that in her interviews. She's very excited, uh, especially her DJJ game. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, I think why not? Let her, let her have a shot and we'll see how she fares. You know, if it's too early, we'll find out. But uh, for now, I think she has enough of a, uh, enough of a stride after that victory. And she's talking about uh, wanting to fight in the next, next U.S. event in uh, Brazil and uh, yeah, they actually they actually booked
0: uh, booked her a fight already uh, against Amanda Cooper. Oh
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll see.
0: So, and I agree with you too. Like she's at the skill level where she's already good enough. Uh, you know the 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 straw weights in the UFC aren't very high level. Besides, you know five, five, uh, five or ten women, mm-hmm. uh, they're actually you know my very low skill level. Uh, so I think. Uh, that she's definitely ready. Uh, I mean, that was not an an easy win, and uh, Yoder, who's not really uh, known for her wrestling, stuffed a lot of her takedowns. So uh, Dern definitely has a lot of work to do, but I don't think there's any reason for her to be fighting in in Invicta instead of the UFC. You might as well have her, you know... She did draw apparently over a million viewers for the Fox Sports One prelim, so it seems like she's working out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, moving on to the last card or the last fight on this card that we haven't talked about, the best fight on this card, <laughs> uh, the most, the one of the most insane performances I've ever seen in the octagon. I don't know about you. Uh, what What
1: were your What was your experience like watching this fight? Yeah, I mean, surprised. I was certainly surprised. The first thing I was surprised at was the size of Brian Ortega. We've just He's found massive. out. massive. Massive. He weighed in, I think, 160 or 164 pounds. So that's like a – he yep. gained 19 pounds in 24 hours, uh, which is scary.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's, that's much worse than what most guys are doing nowadays. I'd say the average is like 15, but 19 is – Big for sure. Um, I mean, weeks after they're probably huge. You know, I don't know if you've seen pictures of Eddie Alvarez, but the dude looks like two hundred pounds right now. Oh, yeah. He's got yeah. like a, a swollen face, big cheeks. Like you know, his 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 shirts literally look like they're not fitting right. Uh, so, which is which is normal, but uh, you know, nineteen overnight that's big, uh, and it showed it showed in there, and um, he was you know uh,
1: I very tiny enough.
0: I. Yeah, and so did you? What? How did you see this fight playing out uh, before it before it went down?
1: Yeah, my prediction was uh, I think similar to a lot of people's, which was uh, if Ortega won, then he would win by submission with that scary, scary BJJ game he has. Uh, so I did not see it going as a knockout, and uh, I mean we were all surprised Frankie Edgar uh, never finished in his career. Uh, gets knocked out by a grappler in the first round. Certainly yeah, surprising. there was a.
0: I, I'm not gonna say I saw any. Uh, saw it coming because I definitely didn't see it happening like that. Um, I did see a couple of things. I saw uh, Edgar on the MMA hour. Um, looked looked pretty beat down. Like he looked like worn worn out, super tired. Um, didn't really look excited about this fight, you know. I think, uh, I feel like Edgar's been in 8-10 number one contender uh, title fights, or or not title fights, uh, just matchups before. So I feel like he just didn't have that animosity going into it. Meanwhile, Brian Ortega gets the call on short notice to have the number one contender fight. He's going to be more motivated than than pretty much any fighter on the roster. So... Uh, I saw that. I saw, uh, you know, just how how durable and how uh, versatile Ortega was in his fights. You know, how people say he's you know a straight jujitsu guy, but like the way he uh, the way he uh, knocked out Guido with a knee, the way he. Um, Grounded and pounded Thiago Tavares in the third round after losing that fight. Um, the dude just had so much promise to him, and uh, I thought I thought he was gonna finish him. You know, I thought that Ortega would get it done. Uh, I, th- I of course thought it would be submission. I, I thought it would be in the late rounds, but um, I didn't want to leave it to just that. So I, I made a made a little bet on Ortega, and instead of going with submission, I just bet inside the distance, which you know, it's a knockout or. Uh, or submission and uh, it ended up uh, being beneficial because he did get the knockout um, I had a, a friend of mine, uh, he was on the podcast the week before, he's been a huge Brian Ortega fan like for years and um, we uh, uh, funny enough, he, his friend was fighting at the, the Muay Thai fights I went to as well, so uh we were both uh, up in Allentown, which is like a mile, uh, an hour away from Philly, and he was uh, out celebrating with his friend uh, at a bar in Allentown, and I just got back to uh, to home, so I uh, I FaceTimed him for the fight, and you know it was it was weird. It was like like I was like watching it in slow motion, like I uh, I don't know, like I saw like the way that Ortega was developing his counters, and I don't know if you saw this uh, this breakdown, but uh, basically like every time. Edgar would try to close the distance. Uh, Ortega hit him with like a a left hook, and he hit him with like Mm -hmm. three left left hooks in a row. And then uh, Edgar noticed that he's countering with the left hook, so he goes to fake a right. But this time Ortega counters with the elbow, and that was the shot that really stunned uh, stunned Edgar. And it was just such such a surreal moment. Uh, to see him, you know, finish him like that. It was such an insane knockout with, like, the uppercut that took him off his feet. Um, just everything
1: about that fight. It was it was one of the most memorable UFC fights I've ever seen. Absolutely. The uh, I recently watched a video, which was the corner audio of Brian, Brian's corner, uh, during that fight with Brenner Gracie just losing his shit. Uh, yeah, I didn't like, see that, but I would like oh, to. It's, They just lose. Yeah, I mean, they recognize instantly that Frankie got rocked with that elbow, and they just lose it. Like, finish him, motherfucker! Finish him. And
0: then, but the way he did it too is he realized he was hurt. He walked him down. He like leg kicked him. He looked. He looked. And then, good douche, man. That 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 uppercut was was one of the uh, I think one of the best punches in UFC history. Um, Lifted him off the goddamn ground. And a sad thing I saw is everybody on Frank, uh, everybody on social media was like, "Oh, Frankie, I feel bad for Frankie." They're like, "Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I was been watching Frankie for ten years." I was like, "Yo, you're getting too attached. Like, he's lost before." You know, we've seen him challenge for the title before. We've seen him forever. This motherfucker just came in on short notice and stopped him like uh, you know uh, a barrier on a train. Man, it was it's just insane. And I don't. I think if 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 for one moment you were uh, like you know. Uh, sad about that fight you know for Edgar then you're just you're just missing out on the sport because it's all about young contenders it's all about surprise performances those moments are, are the best um, but uh, I mean I definitely can't say I mean of course if you're a Frankie Edgar fan I would see how it would be tough uh, actually I was I was listening to somebody talk about uh, him I think it was the MMA beat and one of the reporters said uh you know, I, I was surprised when Edgar came to the studio last week. I stood next to him. I was like, "Wow, he's like so small. He's like my size." And funny enough, I I was uh, I saw the UFC in Atlantic City one time, and I was leaving through like the casino area, and this guy is like, standing right next to me. He's my size. I was probably sixteen or seventeen at the time, like five foot six. But he was just so like thick for that size. And then this girl walks out there, and she's like, "Frankie, Frankie, can I get a Damn. picture?" I'm like. I'm like, yo, I was literally walking down the stairs like next to him and he takes like one picture and then runs. Uh, <laughs> which is I don't know, it was insane. So, yeah, I feel I feel for the guy. Kind of a sad loss, but I think he'll I think he'll bounce back pretty well. Uh I think he could even get a title shot within the next 2 years still.
1: Yeah, I think he's still in uh, it, but one thing I mean worth talking about um we mentioned the size difference of those two guys. It seems also like, young, like the young up-and-comers are paying off for the UFC. but they're also these long, lanky guys. You have Holloway, Ortega, uh, even Sean O'Malley. Are, yeah. They have quite a reach for their uh, division, and it just seems like these guys with this reach just have a crazy advantage. Good thing you brought that Sheep. up because we know I, for, I forgot to talk
0: about it, but the, the next the, the clear cut move for Frank Yeager is go down to 135, right? I think, yeah, apparently. yeah, he's got to. I mean, there's you know, uh, Cruz is a little bit older, you know, uh, TJ's, uh, we've seen him lose, we've seen Cody lose. It's a very open division, uh, you know, the fact that. Uh, TJ, DJ might happen It's kind of a little discouraging because it might hide, hold up the title picture, but I think Ortega should... I mean, Edgar should take a while off anyway. Um, like, he should let Ortega and Edgar fight, let DJ and TJ fight, and then see what his next move is going to be. But um, I think uh, that 135 would be a great move for Edgar next. It's
1: speaking of TJ and DJ... You, you you mentioned yeah, being concerned about like holding up those divisions if uh, T J wins, but or if TJ wins it doesn't want to defend at uh, that weight. But what about what are your thoughts on a catch weight fight at about like one thirty for T J and
0: D J yeah, yeah, that that makes that makes so much more sense. Honestly, so much more the only the only thing it doesn't make sense for is the UFC doesn't like having catch weight fights, you know. I don't they I don't think they've ever had like uh, actually, I feel like Matt Hughes and Nah, that might be wrong. I feel like I was gonna say Matt Hughes and uh, Hoist Gracie. The second time was uh, like a catchweight, but I, that could be wrong. Um, I don't know. I I feel like they don't like doing that, and uh, you know, some I don't know. I guess I guess it would be a good idea because like if you're having if you're having it at one twenty five, then why would the belt be on the line because. TJ didn't beat anybody at one twenty five. Uh, he's not going to defend at one twenty five. Why would the belt be on the line? Um, besides, well, Mighty Mouse already broke the title defense record, so it doesn't even really matter. Um, it's just all about them getting the money they want, which seems to not be happening. It's like the UFC is like, you're not going to sell pay per views. You're not going to sell pay per views. Why would we give you, you know, six hundred thousand a show or eight hundred thousand a show? which is probably how much they're asking for. Or maybe even it's a million.
1: But, yeah, who knows? Or or uh, or is UFC punishing TJ Dillashaw for not uh, stepping in with Cody Garbin uh, to save the
0: 22 yeah, Uh I don't think so. I don't think they're that low because I think they had a lot of options with that and, uh, you know, the whole Connor thing with the 165-pound belt, <laughs> that whole fiasco um my uh I'm'm I'm, you know what' I'm, I'm worried about is uh, I actually have tickets to see UFC, UFC 223 in Brooklyn and mm-hmm. um I'm like I'm not even worried about an I wasn't worried about an injury uh, in the main event because I figured if one of them gets injured then Connor will have to step in or oh, else wow. he's gonna look like a clown because he just offered to step in for that Frankie Egar fight and he can't so but the UFC said that they wouldn't have, you know the time they needed to uh, make a promo to uh, sell more tickets to do all that. So I'm kind of worried that I think that we're we're kind of near that time frame where if one of them gets hurt now, then Connor won't step in. But it could happen. You know, it, I feel like I feel like they would be like, "Wait, we already sell, sold most of the tickets for you know cheap. Uh, we want to get the most money out of Connor. We're gonna we're gonna wait and put him on another card. Which you know they probably are gonna do." which is going to be, like, Nate Diaz in, in June or something. Um, but let's let's move on from UFC 223. We already talked about it enough. Uh, let's, uh, move on to the card this weekend in two days' time, which is going to be at 5 p.m. Eastern time for the, uh, uh East Coast. Don't know mm-hmm. about, uh, other time zones, but, um, we, that's a pretty weird time, but it's obviously expected with London. Do you know what,
1: how many hours London is ahead of us? Like, s- six? No, it's got to be probably... Uh, let's see, France is 12 hours ahead. No, wait, no, wait, that's Montana. Let's see what it is. It's probably eight hours.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like it's it's got to be five, though, because they would start at 10 p.m. At local time. Right? Yeah.
1: Wouldn't that make sense? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so maybe it's five hours. So... Um, this card this card is whew, uh from a, a casual standpoint this has n- pretty much no names on it right i mean you mm-hmm. might notice a, cu- a, a couple but in terms of matchups it's even worse it's it's got like no exciting matchups where it's going to be like a new contender it's got it's got nothing um, so uh I'll, uh, I'll start from the bottom. We can skip over a couple of fights that are uninteresting, but uh, I'll see if, see if you have anything to say about any of them. Uh, Stevie Ray versus Cajun Johnson. Uh, these guys are pretty pretty well known. Uh, both coming off of win streaks. Uh, Caj- Cajun Johnson's from Canada, so he gets stuck fighting on all of like the weird uh, the cards and like you know. Philippines or Japan, uh, he kind of abuses Canadian guys, but he's coming off, uh, three wins in a row, actually, for, uh, uh, Cajun Johnson, uh, this guy was actually pretty vocal about fighter, uh, fighter pay, do you remember him around, uh, around, like, the, the UFC's, uh... Conference or something they had like an athletes conference and uh, this guy was like uh, at the at the head of that. Do you remember that at all?
1: Yeah. Is this also is that unrelated to the UFC's uh, athletes attempt at a union? Is he uh, I th- that?
0: Yeah, I think that this is separate. Uh, this guy's weird. I think he's like a ra- a rapper. <laughs> you you know you know about that? He has like he oh, has no, like. No, no, no. Video, uh you should look him up dude he has like music videos and uh let me see it's Cajun Johnson music videos uh, i'm pretty sure he called out like ally quinta yeah here cajun johnson's raps on the list like, where he calls out all the people so it's like a song and he's like rapping like all the people who he wants to fight it's it's weird as shit um but uh, I guess he, he uh, he's matched up with Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray's pretty good. Uh, I don't know if you ever seen him fight. Uh, he beat Joe Lozon, beat Ross Pearson. Both, both like razor-thin fights that, you know, you could have gone either way. And then uh, just got knocked out by Paul Felger. But um, that's a pretty interesting matchup. I, I don't really have a, an opinion on it, though. Uh, I
1: don't know about you. Oh, man, no. I, this is, uh, like you said, I'm not too aware of these uh, of these fighters up until it gets to you know the co-main and main event in general yeah I, I, I sure.
0: watched I watched a couple fights on some guys uh, but some guys in the prelims but not not so much on like the the, the early prelims uh, Nasrat Hak Rapasat oh my gosh I can't say that at all <laughs> he said Hak par- us uh yeah i'm not even gonna fuck i'm not even gonna try again this guy trains at king's mma he's pretty new to the ufc he lost his first fight to Marcin held and they actually got they actually his opponent like dropped out like a week ago and they just got this fella named nad naramani to fill in uh so like i said don't know don't know anything about these two fellows. uh uh, Nasrat is from Afghanistan, though he's that's pretty uh, pretty unique. Um, we might as well just skip over that because we don't know Mark Godbeer and Dmitri Russian last name. I'm I'm again not not gonna not gonna even try with these pronunciations. Uh, I know Godbeer stinks, stinks like is terrible. Uh, his mm-hmm. record record stands at 13, thirteen and three. Uh, oh, yeah. Wait, oh this this is. Okay, so his last fight uh, was, uh, he kicked, uh, he, Walt Harris kicked him in the head. Do you remember that fight? It was at UFC 217, and, like, he was, right, he was know. like, he was had, like, his knee down, and then Walt Harris, like, kicked him in the eager. Ah, I do remember and then this. He, and then he won by DQ. I, I didn't remember that was him, honestly. No, me neither, uh, but
1: that was uh, a situation where I think a blow after the bell was worth that DQ.
0: Yeah, that was that one was weird, though. I think, I, I, I don't know, I don't have uh, a concrete memory of that that moment, but I remember it being super, super weird. Uh, I mean, he kicked him in the ear, and they called it a DQ, but still. Um that's uh and I don't know anything about uh his his opponent, Dmitry, uh Russian guy. He's I think it's the first fight in the UFC, yep. He uh he beat he beat Alexander Emelianenko, though. So uh he's got that uh he's got that Fedor's brother under his belt. That's right. Undefeated, ten and zero. That's pretty good. And then he another Russian cat named Mag Magomed. Anakilov is fighting uh, Paul Craig. Paul Craig has been uh, in the UFC for a little bit, fought some pretty tough guys, Tyson Pedro, Khalil Roundtree. I don't really, again, don't really know much about him, though, so I can't really predict him. It seems like they're kind of setting him up again to lose, though, by giving him some undefeated Russian cat. Um, but uh next fight is the first fight where I actually know a little something about the 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 guys fighting. Um Hakeem Dewadu and David Henry. Um Dewadu is a pretty good striker. I think he's coming over from LFA. I think that's where I watched this fight. Um Oh no, uh, World Series of Fighting actually. Yeah, he just beat Steven Siler, uh who's not not very good. Uh, but uh, this guy looks pretty w- pretty good. He's uh, pretty Muay Thai-oriented, uh, got got really composed striking. Uh, and then the fella he's fighting, um, D- Danny Henry, not so much uh, composed striking. He fought uh, da- Daniel Tamer, brother of David Tamer, uh, in the UFC a couple months ago. And um, the first half of the fight, he was getting his ass kicked, like rocked, rocked, dropped. He was stumbling all over the place and then Tamer gassed out and uh, he flipped a switch and started uh, started beating uh, Tamer and ended up uh, winning that fight just by basically uh, winning on points for the second half of the fight so uh, never a good thing when you get you know rocked for the first half of the fight uh, but I guess it's a good sign that he could still stick it out and win it um I imagine that DeWadu will have uh, will have a striking advantage in this fight, and it'll stay on the feet. Um, next fight, Jack Marshman and Bradley Scott. Uh, I think the Marshman had a, uh, a different opponent for this fight, but uh, his opponent got injured, and they threw in Bradley Scott to, f- uh, to fight him. Don't know who uh, Mr. Scott is. He's been in the UFC for a while. He's just been losing a lot. Uh, Mm-hmm. but um he's kind of a guy they just throw on these you know foreign cards and uh kind of bury on them same with marshman not really the highest level uh highest level fighter um I'm gonna skip over that one because don't have an opinion uh th- th- this is showing you how how boring this card is because uh um next fight danny roberts uh the fellow who just got knocked out by nordine taleb that was one of my favorite knockouts he he gets rocked and he falls backwards and he grabs the cage to uh to hold himself up and then taleb just nails him with another punch like while he's just holding himself up uh, and then he gets stopped, which is I don't. Know, do you remember that that stoppage? Does it
1: ring a bell? I do. Yeah, I do. I also remember his loss uh, to our platinum man, Mike Berry.
0: Yeah, that that was a great fight. Uh, I I remember him kind of just like uh, staying alive was impressive because he was just eating so so many shots. Um, but uh, and then he ended up getting pretty brutally finished in that fight too. But uh, He's fighting a uh, UFC newcomer Oliver Camp. who's a Swedish fella uh, Muay Thai kickboxer, actually fought in Thailand. Um, I Was watching his Muay Thai fight. It was pretty pretty exciting fight. Uh, I mean he fights like a, a Westerner for sure just throwing all like power punches and spinning kicks, but uh, seems like a pretty powerful striker and uh, You know Roberts likes to stand and bang too, so I imagine this fight will be uh, pretty good honestly. Interesting um,
1: to note, uh, both of these guys have a loss to Nordine Taleb in their latest appearance. Nice,
0: really. Uh, yeah, they must have fought on the on the regionals in Sweden or something. I think Taleb is Swedish too, right? Oh no, uh-huh. he fought in the UFC before. I said he was a, I said he was a, a newcomer, but I lied. Yeah, was you're right. About, um, uh, yeah, it was the last. It
1: was Fight Night uh, Gavcisin versus Tocher.
0: Tocher, the last one in Sweden. Yep. Uh, next fight, uh, Charles Bird versus John Phillips. Charles Bird is kind of like a, uh, a powerhouse sloppy striker. Uh, I watched him on the Contender Series, uh, and he pretty much, again, fought not two technical guys there, and, you know, just has really, it's like... Kind of like schoolyard fights with like where you like, you know, throw big punches and then have a huge slamming takedown and then not really too much like uh, wrestling skill, just kind of like getting a hold of a guy and, you know, ripping him to the ground. He did win both submission, but both fights by submission, but uh, his jiu jitsu didn't seem too high level. It seemed like he was just wearing uh, some some lower-level skill guys out and submitting them. But he's fighting uh, Welsh fighter John Phillips, who's been fighting forever since 2005, finally getting his chance in the UFC. This guy trains at uh, SBG in Ireland with uh, John Cavanaugh. He lives in a caravan uh, behind the gym. Uh, You should check out this video of him giving a tour of the caravan. Uh, it's just him, you know. Just it's like an RV or a trailer, but uh, amazing that he has twenty seven pro MMA fights and he's living in a caravan. Uh, Hopefully he can. Hopefully he can uh, get a get a paycheck under his belt this uh, this uh, time. All right, now we're moving on to the main card where there's actually four decent fights, um, with with both contenders being UFC level. Uh, I, I only think there's, like, one or two of those on the entire prelims. But, um, Leon Edwards versus Peter Sobrata. Leon Edwards coming off of uh, a win against Brian Barberina. He's actually on a four-fight win streak. Uh, his only UFC loss... I do know, two UFC losses, but he lost to Kamaru Usman, obviously a fucking killer. Uh-huh. And then... Uh, Claudio Henrique de Silva, that name doesn't ring a bell, but uh, he's beat some pretty, pretty uh, respectable guys: Albert Tumanov, Vincent Luque, and Brian Barbarina. Um, he's he's pretty much like a, a wrestle and control type of guy, uh, where he gets people down. He doesn't really have too good striking, but he's uh, pretty patient. You know, with looking for, uh, he's not gonna like shoot at the wrong time and uh, get himself caught. He's gonna you know wait for the right time. But uh, the fella he's fighting, Peter Sabrata, is very similar. doesn't have much striking skill, just kind of waits to get a takedown. But uh, Sabrata, I believe, has better wrestling and better top control than Edwards. So, I think this fight's going to be like a wrestling match, a lot of grappling, and uh, I think Sabrata will, uh, will pull off the upset. He is uh, an underdog on this card. Uh, are you familiar with
1: either of these guys? Not too much, no. I think you've summed it up well. I mean, worth mentioning. You mentioned Peter Sabat is more uh, of a dominant wrestler. I mean, it shows his yeah. last win versus Ben Saunders that uh, that tells you enough.
0: Yeah, and he uh, the fight before that, Nicholas Dalby too, is uh, also he's known for being you know a pretty good cardio fighter. Who's uh, he actually? Um, scored a 10-8 round on uh, Darren Till when they fought in the third round. And I think he ended up drawing Darren Till. If, yep, draw. Uh, but he's uh, dropped two in a row since that. But um, Sobrado was able to really control him that that, time, that fight. Uh, he's got super good wrestling. From the two over here, I want to pick Where am a I hearing this from? To oh, it's an ad too. from the computer. Um, next fight, uh, Tom soy versus uh, Therion Ware. Uh Duke and so was a uh, undefeated prospect coming into the UFC if I'm correct and everybody was super high on him uh not undefeated he had one lost uh, but um he was super uh super uh, highly thought of and then in his last fight against Cody Stammen, uh he kind of got exposed a little bit uh he won the first half of the fight uh pretty clearly uh good striking like like always and they gassed out in the second round and was getting taken down and controlled for the rest of the fight. So, um, on Ware is not really a wrestler. Uh, he's more of a, he definitely has a boxing background and, uh, doesn't really have much experience wrestling in the in the cage at all. But, uh, after that fight, he might try to Im- implement a wrestling game plan to beat him because, uh, he, although, like I said, Ware's striking isn't bad, uh, Duke and Soy will probably have an advantage on him. Um the ways win winning this fight is you know just uh, t- you know uh, increasing his output in the, the later half of the fight uh, trying to maybe finish him in the third round that's probably his best bet but uh, Duke and Soy should probably win a decision um, yeah. you have uh, anything to say on these guys?
1: Not too much, man. I mean, uh, the more exciting card is right next, but uh, Tarion Ware, I would uh, put my money on. I think he can pressure uh, and get that fight. Uh, I hope he's learned something since his loss versus uh, Sean O'Malley.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he actually didn't do bad in that fight. I think he probably won this third round, too. And, uh, yeah, he's an underdog in this fight. Uh, Next, uh... Next fight, coming event. Jimmy Manawa coming off back-to-back knockout losses to Misha Serkinov, right? No, no. Uh, Volkan to
1: and, Vulcan. Uh, Who's the other one? I don't know. I think it, uh, Anthony Johnson, maybe. Uh, no, no.
0: Yeah, that's right. That was a while ago. Not two losses, though. Yeah, Just one. That was 2000. Interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, he has a so.
1: uh, win over Corey Anderson in Oven St. Peru more recently.
0: Yeah, I remember. I remember those um, two pretty good fights. But uh, John Blahovich is a pretty strong wrestler. He's fighting um, ha- hasn't been able to put it together in the UFC too well. Uh, you know, they actually already fought before, um, and uh, Manoa beat him by decision, but. Uh, I don't know. I think think this fight uh, might go a little differently. I think Blahovich is used to learn his uh, wrestling a little more effectively, and uh, Manawa is you know definitely susceptible to attacks against the cage, like we saw him get knocked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think he he's uh, definitely doesn't have the best takedown defense, so he could get taken down and controlled, but. Uh, Manova could also, you know, blast him with uh, some of his heavy punches. Like we haven't seen it in a little while, you know, since uh, since he knocked out uh, Corey Anderson uh, mm. around this time last year in London. Uh, but um, that uh, Mandowah could return. But I think that uh, this is Bohovic's fight to win, and uh, he will wrestle fuck him to do, do a decision.
1: <laughs> that two hundred five pound man from Poland. I'd rather be
0: uh, fucked by something
1: else, yeah. Uh, what's your opinion on this one? I mean, yeah, I think uh, Jimmy Mandel is much more familiar to me than uh, bless whatever which uh, coming <laughs> into this. <clears throat> but uh, I think, honestly, Jan will be uh, more well-rounded in this. Uh, uh, you know, one of his marketable skills is his jujitsu and I hope he, uh, I don't know, I'd, lo- I'd love to see uh, a submission went over Jimmy Manuel for this.
0: Yeah, but he uh, doesn't have much on the feet, so I'd expect him to uh, to shoot pretty early, and um, it's a uh, somewhat surprising, uh, interesting matchup in that main event. Uh, Fabricio Verdun taking on Alex Volkov. Um, Volkov's looked pretty pretty fucking good in the UFC. Uh, he's five and zero, no, only three zero. Sorry, uh, but a uh, former uh, Bellator heavyweight champion, I believe. Uh, You know, fought fought a lot in Russia, beat a lot of tough guys. Um, Really good striker. He's just coming off of a knockout win over Stefan Struve. Um, He uh, pretty much boxed up uh, Roy Nelson to a decision. Um, And, uh, you know, Verdum's last fight was against uh, Marcin Tabura, which was uh, a 25-minute kickboxing match, which he won. You know, uh, Tabura kind of kind of thrives, not thrives, but, um, you know, is is better fighter when he can wrestle and, you know, contr- be the bigger guy on the ground, but you're not going to do that with Verdum, obviously, so he uh, struggled with that. But, um, I don't know, I think, obviously, uh, Verdum's striking isn't uh, the same level as Volkov's, but I think Verdum uh, is just very adaptable for MMA. Somehow, is very tough to beat. Um, you know, the only time you've seen him get outstruck really was uh, against Alistair or even that decision was even a little uh, controversial. So uh, I think Alex Volkov could win this fight. Uh, I think it's going to go to decision. Uh, I think it might be split decision or something like that. But um, I would be uh, mildly interested by the fight. Uh, how about you?
1: Yeah, I think mildly interested is a, is a good way to say this. After all the... There were many rumors, like, in the months and weeks leading up to uh, USC London, who would, uh, you know, was it a, is it going to be a Vitor Belfort? Is it going to be a Bisping retirement fight? Is it, uh, you know, so we've got Fabricio Verdun and uh, Alexander Volkov. But uh, I don't know. I think, uh, I don't think you can discount uh, Fabricio just on his age just yet. He's uh, recently turned 40. But uh, Volkov is uh, twenty nine, I believe. Yeah, I he uh, doesn't doesn't look it doesn't look twenty nine. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you that this is seriously true. But um, you know, I don't know. I'd love. I have many fantasy endings of this fight, but I don't uh, honestly don't think they're going to go that way. Uh, I think you're pretty correct about a five round uh, decision with this. Yep. Most like a uh, striking back,
0: Or, which you can never fucking discredit, is Vadoom could take him down and have his way with him on the ground.
1: Um, <laughs> he could. Uh, yeah, he could. I am seeing this, though. Uh, that Volkov has a impressive 75% takedown defense? Take defense. Yeah, Nice.
0: Uh, yeah, so that's a... Uh, that's, that's uh, I guess, a good number. But, you know, I, and his uh, Verdum's wrestling is, certainly isn't his strong suit. It's obviously once he gets to the ground. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I'm uh, looking at looking at the odds for this fight. We have uh, Volkov as an underdog, Bohovic as an underdog, Ware as an underdog, and Sobrada as an underdog. And I actually bet on all four of these yeah. gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I like all their ch- I like all their chances a lot. Uh, I think, uh, like I said, Duke and Soy just got exposed, and he has a clear game plan to beat him. I think uh, uh, Blahovic is gonna expose uh, Mano's weak ground game. Uh, I think Volkov is gonna you know just outstrike uh, Verdum. and uh, the last last fight, which uh, yeah, Sabrada is just gonna out wrestle Edwards. Um, Not much else going on uh, odds-wise in this card, I don't think. Um, uh, Talking about... Let's just move on to general UFC news for the week. A lot of... uh, Well, it's actually two weeks since I haven't uh, had a podcast in a while. But a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, The top of my list being uh, UFC 224 main uh, uh, main event being announced, which is going to be headlined by Raquel Pennington versus Amanda Nunes. Um... What do you think about this headlining of the pay per view in Brazil?
1: I mean, I can see uh, Nunes as a draw in Brazil. I can see that. Uh, but there. are uh, were...
0: I don't think so. I think she lives in America. Brazilians Brilliant. hate that shit. Yeah. I think that's uh, I don't I think she can Oh on. well well yeah, she's she is certainly from mm-hmm. Brazil and I think her mom and you know shit live in Brazil. But uh, I feel like people don't Brazilians don't take kindly to when you you move uh, to America and then you come back. But uh, but obviously she would obviously be the you know the fan favorite over the American. Um, but uh, it, so it would, uh, that's that's an interesting fight. You know we've seen Nunes uh, get taken down and have problems before with uh, Zingano. Uh, that was all the way back in two thousand and fourteen, I think. But. Uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm certain she can certainly uh, that can certainly happen again, but uh, I don't know. Nunes has looked pretty good lately. She's got her cardio uh, a lot f- better tuned. She's gone five rounds with uh, Shevchenko. Um, I think Nunes is really coming into her own as a champion. So, but uh, interesting to see that she's headlining this. You know, Dana White said you would never headline with Shevchenko again,
1: or I mean with uh, Nunes again, but. Here we are. Here we are. She's on a six-fight win streak. She's in her home country. Controversy aside, yeah, I don't know. I think um, I think Dana could be underestimating the draw uh, of Nunes at this moment. That's true, and she j- and she fucked up uh,
0: Honda Housie, you know. So, <laughs> but I mean, uh, UFC two what fifteen did shitty buys, a hundred thousand yeah. buys. So yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's not too uh, convincing, but uh, oh well. Another main event to pay per view announced uh, in Chicago, I think it's June 9th. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the rematch between Yoel Romero and UC middleweight champion Robert Whitaker. Um, this fight is interesting for a lot of reasons. Uh, also, one because it's an immediate rematch, basically for Whittaker. Like he just fought Yoel. Yoel went in, knocked out Romare, uh, Rockhold, and then he's right back in the mix of getting a title shot. So um, I don't I don't know who who this benefits more. Uh, you know, uh, I th- I think it would have to be Yoel, right? I mean, he's got he's got the age, uh, which is you know a ticking not a ticking time bomb, but it's certainly uh, declining. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Whitaker just coming off of, uh, some, some health issue. I, don't, I forget what it was, like, uh, ulcers in his stomach or something. Yeah, something. it was like, so- uh,
1: it was a staph infection. Yeah, that,
0: uh, pretty, that, like, pretty serious. Yeah, so, um, I can uh, I can see that this being a little bit of an advantage for Yoel, and uh, I don't know. I'm definitely definitely intrigued by the matchup. I think that uh, Yoel is very very smart, very smart fighter, and uh, he could definitely make some adjustments to uh, make this fight more interesting. But ultimately, uh, I see uh, it probably going the same way.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't um, know. I uh, I think you're right about that. The fact that. Uh, uh, God damn. It. What's his name? Not Whitaker. Yoel. Knows? Yeah. It's that fact that Yoel has momentum coming off of that uh, Rockhold win, and uh, he did injure himself. But he injured his leg in that fight, and we haven't heard uh, much about that since. I That's
0: right. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Or if that could have just hindered his his performance in the fight, he didn't really. It didn't really seem like he got to explode the same way he usually does. You know, and. I don't know. It didn't seem like he was fully himself that fight, but uh, yeah, he yeah Robert, Robert Whitaker's good. Yeah,
1: that's true. It's true. It's exciting though. Uh, you know, especially after hearing uh, hearing his appearance on the latest Rogan uh, MMA show. Yeah, I'm am
0: only like I'm only like five eighths of the way through it, but I'm I'm working my way through it. Yeah, it's uh, kind of stuff. G- good stuff. Yeah, good. Oh, uh, what to understand?
1: Oh yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough to uh, get the content through all the translations with their they Yeah, it
0: doesn't it doesn't have much. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of funny moments in it when like uh, he'll go, you know, you know, Joe, and then he'll go, and he'll look to Joey, and then he'll just start speaking in Spanish. You know, he'll try to say something. Joe, Joe, listen, listen, you, you, uh, and then he goes, Nah, never mind. I'll just say it in Spanish. Um, yeah or or he'll say or uh will well say something like totally understandable like e florida e california and uh (laughs) joey will still be translating like in florida (laughs) and california and uh, (laughs) rogan's just probably dying to say like dude i i got it it's it's florida uh (laughs) doesn't take much to translate florida um uh, moving on to some real fight news. CM Punk has uh, <laughs> rumored that he is fighting again on the UFC pay-per-view in Chicago, his hometown, in June. Opponent to be determined, of course. Uh, rumor has it's Floyd Mayweather. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I- honestly, like, all jokes aside, I wouldn't really disagree with that matchup. Um, I don't think... I don't think it makes any sense to bring in another O-and-O fighter or O-and-one fighter to fight CM Punk. It makes sense to just make a freak show out of it and uh, have, bring me to the other end.
1: Yeah, it's weird that uh, such a bad record fighter has such a draw like CM Punk, so who do you bring in? Like a total punching big or total, you know, nobody? So the, So the money side and the Fan side and appeal side, Mayweather makes sense. But also, you know, what is Mayweather's like? One thirty-five, probably. Uh,
0: no, no, no. Well, he walks around a little heavier than that. Probably, he walks around probably one fifty-five, one sixty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then that's that's a lot closer to CM Punk's weight. Uh, there was still Punk would have to cut to one seventy. You know, so it, it is yeah. it is probably 20, 25 pounds. It would certainly be hard for Mayweather to get. Uh, an opponent but but they could also be like dude this is your only fucking option like we're not gonna sign uh, uh, a zero and zero featherweight for you to come over and fight it's like you can either fight our our punk or uh or you can not fight at all yeah but yeah, exactly. Uh, in segue into that, uh, we also had our favorite champion, Tyrone Woodley, come out this week and <laughs> offer offer Mayweather Mayweather MMA training or I don't know if he offered it or if he actually said like they're gonna do it, but um <laughs> I saw a quote that said Mayweather's wrestling right now is seven out of ten. That's that's the quote that they gave. They gave that his wrestling is seven out of ten. Um, Who is my he? Advice, like my advice. My advice is uh, uh, his wife. He's wrestled his oh. wife when he was t- beating her ass. Uh, or or some of the some of the the hoes at his strip club when they're uh, they're not giving him enough tips. That's you right, know, that's yo, right. where's my twenty five percent? um you know uh, my advice for me brother, uh enjoy retirement and you know st- quit fucking around with this cuz dude like you're just you're making it worse for yourself like i don't know uh I- i've learned jujitsu. jitsu i've learned uh muay thai and i've learned wrestling and i have thoroughly enjoyed jujitsu, thoroughly enjoyed muay thai and i fucking hated wrestling <laughs> um, cuz it's like the hardest shit ever Uh, You know, if you didn't learn it in high school, you know, when you had to, you know, cut weight during school or, you know, wake up and get to school early to have practice at 6 a.m., you're not going to be able to learn the discipline to wrestle effectively. So someone, a 40-year-old, 41-year-old trying to start wrestling is just fucking stupid. Um yeah. So, uh, and man his little his little boy uh, Javante Davis tweeted out this week that he thinks he wants to fight in the UFC too. So, you know, realistically, you know, he could he has the potential to learn, but like, dude, you're making a fuckload of money, beating up everybody
1: in boxing. Just stay in your lane. Stay um, in your lane. I think it's the same. I mean, I think. I think Mayweather is just playing with the press. He's just keeping his name out there, and I think yeah, it's exactly what our favorite champ Tyron was doing. It's like he, we haven't oh, yeah, heard for him sure. in a couple of weeks. So he's like, well, I got to get my name out there. Let's uh, let's just throw. He's them. the let's worst.
0: Go. He's he's the worst. Yeah, uh, Woodley. Both those guys are just like a pretty accurate uh, analysis. Just just having their name stay in the media. Um, but um, moving on, uh, some some possible uh, some possible fights that uh, are being talked about. Uh, uh, people are questioning who uh, Michael Bisping's retirement fight should be against. They, you know whether it should be well, it can't be Vitor because he's fighting Machida. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Bisping and Rockhold uh, trilogy is being thrown around. Do uh,
1: would you like to see the trilogy fight between these two? I think. I mean, my heart wants it so bad. Like uh, I know Bisping has talked about wanting to go out on a respectful note, uh, but that's like, that's not the Bisping we know and love. And I know that Rockhold would bring out the best shit talking uh, from Bisping. So like my little heart just is, uh, would very much enjoy that fight. I think it would be predictable though. I think Bisping has uh, shown the holes in, in Rockhold's game uh, so much that other fighters are taking advantage of the same left hook uh, over knockout power of him so uh i'm in, i'm into it i'm into that fight
0: yeah i feel like Rockwood is just like mentally beaten like i think he's 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 like i said like he just he's done in his own mind already um i think this being broken you know uh and there was a uh, he tweeted Bisping saying like, "Dude, sign the contract." Or are you scared of when I you scared of when I I uh, choked you out in Australia, and he's like, "Nah, bro, not scared." Remember, I knocked you out and stole your belt. It's like, oh, okay, that's right. Uh, like, how, like, why would you even bring that up, dude? Like, yeah, sure, you choked him out in two thousand fourteen, but he knocked you out and stole your belt in two thousand sixteen. <laughs> you don't have any leverage. Exactly. So I uh, I mean it's still a good fight I think it's I think it's a a great idea. It's a shame it didn't happen in London. Although this would have been way too soon. Uh, I wish Bisping would have never fought Kelvin Gastelum. I wish he would have just waited. He could have fought in in uh, in fucking London this weekend. But I digress. He uh, he got knocked out
1: by Gastelum and now had to sit on the sidelines for a while. Exactly, but, um, and uh, it's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. I don't think there's any fans of Michael that are happy he went to uh, went to take that fight in China.
0: No, yeah, bad, bad move. Uh, another fight: uh, Jose Aldo and Jeremy Stevens. I think uh, Stevens called out uh, Aldo after his last fight, and Aldo said, "I'm game. Let's do it in Brazil." Uh, which is, I think, a bad move from Aldo. You know, he just got uh, his ass kicked twice in a year. I think he should take a little more time off before coming back. Um, And uh, especially when you're fighting Jeremy fucking Stevens. That dude is looking better than ever. Um, So, uh, I think Stevens said that no, he doesn't want to fight him in Brazil, but he would fight him in Chicago. So, um, you know, that fight might happen. Uh, I think I, I, it seems like a, it would make sense from the UFC standpoint. Maybe not from a fan of Jose Aldo like myself standpoint, but um, he, uh, I don't know. It's certainly uh, certainly ambitious, you know. Not not uh, taking an easy fight. He's just straight up saying I want, I want the guy on a kill
1: streak right now. So uh, that just shows the heart of Aldo. It shows the heart of Aldo, yeah. And it'd be nice to uh, see him get a win after his little losing streak he's on right
0: now. Yeah, but, I mean, Jeremy Stevens, dude, not ne- not an easy win. Uh, no, not no, by no, the no, no, slightest no. of uh, but definitions. A um, little bit of bad news. We had uh, Mary Beck Tysonoff get uh, pulled off of UFC 223. uh really surprising he was even on this card and uh to start with we we've known that he's had a lot of visa issues uh for a while now hasn't been able to get in the united states and um this happened they booked him on this Brooklyn card and a couple of weeks later he says that he's still not able to get a visa and so they uh, replace uh types off with uh, uh oliver obin mercier and uh, he's going to be taking on Evan Dunham in Brooklyn now. So I guess they replaced it with a pretty legitimate fight, but kind of a bummer. I really wanted to see Tyson off fight. Uh, but guess that's not going to happen.
1: And uh, what do you think? Francis has returned. Francis Ngannou has returned to the uh, UFC Performance Institute. He says he's training again. And there are rumors of... Uh, from, black uh, beast. The beast, the black beast, yeah. uh, Derek Lewis. What do
0: you think about that fight? Uh, I I hate Ngano. Like I think he's <laughs> so bad. Like he's so bad. Uh, like he's so one dimensional. He has no adaptability. That was like, uh, I don't know. His fight against Smirnov was one of the one of the worst fu- performances like ever. It was, um, it was so stunning.
1: yeah, it was stunning how bad he got shut down,
0: and. Like where can he go? He doesn't. Like, he doesn't know how to wrestle at all. He doesn't know how to strike at all. All he do not know how to do is throw power punches. Like he yeah, was. And to, he's got he you know, two
1: you, minutes too to do that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like in his in his open workouts for the A fight, he was throwing these powerful leg kicks and these nasty knees and these head kicks and didn't throw a fucking strike besides uh, a haymaker in that entire fight. Um... Honestly, I think the dude should retire and uh, you know do something else with his life. But uh, if he wants to come back to the UFC, I'll watch Derek Lewis beat him up all day.
1: Oh yeah, and how like I loved how Derek Lewis called him out. Something about uh, something about calling yeah. Francis, a forty-year-old man.
0: Yeah, he said let's oh, let's do it hilarious. before he's forty. That's yeah, that is funny. Uh, I mean, Blackbeast isn't too young himself, honestly, but uh, he's not certainly not as old as Francis. Um, and there's also some speculation that France's birth certificate not even being legit so that's pretty funny Um, I can see that I can see that a couple, uh, couple Bellator fights that are announced. Uh, not much exciting, but, you know, always keep track with that, that parallel universe. Um, Roger Huerta uh, versus Benson Henderson is going down in just like three weeks. Actually, uh, James Gallagher, uh, you know, the Irish prospect was supposed to be fighting uh, Budapest, Hungary for that card, but injured his hand. And they uh, pulled this trick out of their hat. Uh, Roger Huerta... Uh, former UFC star, former Sports Illustrated cover. Um, so, uh, it's interesting that he's coming back. Um, and they're throwing him in there against no slouch, Benson Henderson. Uh, Benson has struggled in uh, Bellator a lot. He's one of three in his past four fights. But, I mean, I still think he can uh, win this fight. Uh, tough fight for Horekta. I mean, he's beat two cans in a row. But... Um, I don't know, man. Coming in on short notice versus Henderson is not an easy task. Sure. I don't know, not. but Bellator, not much exciting going on there. A bunch
1: of old guys.
0: Old guys.
1: Old uh, yeah, we have the. Uh, I mean, the next upcoming, the most exciting thing about Bellator right now is, is their heavyweight tournament.
0: Yep, Fedor um, Emelianenko. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Mir, uh or Mir Fedor. That should be good. They just announced uh big country versus Crow Crop not really exciting but uh, I guess where it's interesting to see crow crop in there um, seeing if he's gonna be the same uh, special supplement crow crop as he was over <laughs> in Japan and then uh, last la- last topic for the show uh, we're gonna talk talk about Nick Newell uh, well, he was a, f- a local fighter not local but regional uh, fighter who is uh, has an amputated hand I believe it's his r- right hand um and he's basically got like uh his his uh, up until his forearm but a little bit past his elbow is pretty much all uh cut off but he is still a high level MMA fighter uh i believe he's 14 and 1 maybe 15 and 1 honestly um but uh he's he's uh, fought in world series of fighting for a long time he fought Justin Gaethje he did lose that fight um but uh he uh fought in World Series of fighting after that fight he got a couple more wins he fought in uh l f a this past weekend and uh finished the uh sunny Luke in the first round rear naked choke or as a face crank actually face crank more like a neck crank kinda i just read over oh, that off right of his uh wikipedia page but he's uh certainly an accomplished fighter fourteen and one is a pretty legit record. Um, and uh, there's uh, a lot of speculation on him coming into the UFC. So, do you think that uh, the UFC is next or next Nick New? Yeah,
1: man, I uh, I say let him bang, bro. Let him bang. You know, like um, Justin Gagey recently said that he's into he's into the idea of being. Uh, he's like, I'm the only guy that uh, beaten that's beaten this kid, and uh, I think he has a shot. Um, similar to like my opinion on Mackenzie Dern, I think he's uh, he's got enough. To, uh, to show up to the UFC, so, like, why not, uh, why not, let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, his his loss to Genshi was a, a little bit uh, extreme, you know, he did get beaten pretty badly, but, uh, I mean, there's a lot of ways you could look at it. You could say the, the UFC, like, they don't want to have a, a one-armed fighter get beat up and, you know, have bad publicity, but I, I can't imagine it would be bad publicity, because... A, it would just be another person fighting, like always. You know, who cares if they lose? Like CM Punk came in there with no fights, no experience, and got fucking mauled. His face punched Mm. in and choked unconscious. Looked helpless, helpless in there. And this guy has proven to look good. 15 pro fights... He's got footage. You know he can fight. Why would you not? Why would you not bring him in? He's marketable. He's uh, you know super uh, uh, good on the mic. He's uh, respectable uh, people throughout the community. Know him. it's a no brainer to get this guy in the UFC. Um, but uh, for some reason, it seems like uh, the the direction of the UFC is hesitant to uh, sign him. Uh, I believe Dana was asked about him before, and he said that. Uh, I don't know. He's not ready, or some some bullshit. But uh, mm-hmm. I would definitely think that the time is now for uh, Nick Newell. Uh, I mean, the the lightweight lightweight. He's a uh, lightweight. The uh, UFC lightweight has over a hundred guys on the roster. So. <laughs> You know, there's gotta be some competition in there for him. You know, even if it's even if he might get fucked up by the top fifteen, he can still fight five, ten times uh, outside of the top fifteen before reaching that level of caliber. So, sign him up. The UFC would be fucking stupid not to.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. I think uh, you're right. The UFC brass is hesitant for uh, you know what. What the what would the press say if this guy just it's totally mauled? But I don't think they're looking at the opposite side. I think, like, regardless of if Nick Newell does well in the UFC or not, the positive feedback that the UFC would get for letting in a disabled uh, fighter uh, would greatly outweigh all that negative press. Like, I think it's it's a goldmine that they're not digging into.
0: For sure. And, I mean, how many times do you – you know, there's – thousands of instagram and twitter pages you know they're just like general meme general sports general video websites you know and those are what millions and millions of people follow and they see they see some crazy athlete at the nfl combine they check him out. they see some crazy highlight from an nba game and they check them out not often that you see, like, the UFC get, like, general uh, media coverage or, ju- you know, mm-hmm. casual mm-hmm. coverage. But if you all of a sudden have a guy in there with one arm, not uh, you know, beating people up, choking people out, it's going to be something that the, the casual media is definitely interested in, you know. There's uh, – I think I can – I don't know if you know you know the style of video I'm talking about. You know a Facebook video where they say yeah, yeah, yeah. U, UFC that. champion Cody Garbrandt made a promise to his you know to this <laughs> Maddox, uh kid so many years ago that he would win a championship uh, and he would beat cancer together. You know that's a story that breaks that like that that uh, that barrier into the mainstream and I think Nick Newell is, has all the potential to do that and they should pounce on signing him uh, for a does.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely, but, absolutely. But uh, all right, man. I think that's gonna wrap up all the stuff this week. We uh, talked about UFC two twenty two was a uh, you know pretty pretty okay card. A lot of individual performances. Uh, the most uh, exciting uh, thing leading out from that would obviously be uh, Brian Ortega. Ortega gonna fight Max Holloway this year. It's gonna be an insane, insane matchup. Um, I mean featherweight just uh proves again to just be one of the uh the, I think the best division in the UFC uh, I would rank it above lightweight because we just had so many high level title fights the bell has been so uh consistently fall for um so that's just all, uh super exciting uh UFC London not the best card coming up this weekend but uh few okay matchups to look forward to but um what we're really just holding out for is the card of the year coming up in uh, three weeks' time, UFC 222. Um, the next podcast I do will be previewing uh, UFC 222. Can't wait for that. Uh, it'll be a recap of UFC London, too, but obviously there's not going to be uh, too much to talk about there. So um, uh, let's see. And then just the general UFC news from the week, not much happening. A couple new main events, a couple new fights. But uh, I would like to thank my guest Andy for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, it was great talking with you. Night- easy, easy to go back and forth, you know. Uh, it was a real pleasure, man.
1: Oh yeah, man. The uh, the pleasure was mutual. It's always good to uh, talk violence.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, like we were talking about, it's kind of hard to. Uh, Find uh, friends in real life who know a lot about the UFC, but it uh, doesn't matter. You can still talk about uh, fights pretty in depthly uh, through the power of the internet. So, uh, thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. And, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, aliens, Martians, any conscious being tuning into the podcast, I thank you for tuning into episode 13. And I will see you guys before UFC 223. Peace.